Listen, uh, uh, where are you playing in town? You, you playing here? We're doing the, uh, the Normo Dome, whatever it is. It's terrific. Oh, it's yeah, big house. place. That's out. Out. Very That's a big nice. place. You sold it's it out. Out. I'll see. You really should. Look, you better get up there before you panic. Those pens are loose. You're very good. I have really enjoyed having them with you. We'll make it. I don't think so. But we shall continue with style. Bad weather. Now or later, anytime. Hello and welcome to the Normal Cast. This is your host, Chris Kalous. This is episode 25. A conversation about international travel with Brittany Griffith and Jonathan Thysenga. It is the second in the Green River series. The second and last. I don't know. Can you call two a series? Anyway, it's about uh, quarter to ten. December 16th. Like last episode with Brittany Griffith, this episode was recorded in the field. Once again, I took my little handheld recorder, taped it to the stick, and uh, attached it to the raft between the three of us. So you can hear the oars dipping in the water and the oars creaking, and a few of the misadventures that we have on the way down the river. We're floating out from the Green River Towers to Mineral Bottom Takeout in Canyonlands in the southeast Utah. Anyway, it turned out pretty fun. And, uh, you know, like I always say, I'm sort of making this up as I go along. So whenever I get something like this with the little recorder, I'm a little bit proud of myself for even giving it a try. So I hope you enjoy the spontaneity of it and the uh, conversation that we have. In other news, before we get to that, this is the one-year anniversary of the EnormaCast. I posted the first episode on December 8th last year, and this would mark the 25th episode, putting us at about a year. So uh, I want to thank everybody for getting on board in the last year, and it's been really interesting to talk with a bunch of people on emails and just have this little community. And in fact, I've even started to run into some fans out there on the climbing scene, which has been usually pretty fun, sometimes a little bit embarrassing, but you know, I got myself into this, so what are you going to do? Uh, while I've got your ear, I want to give a little shout-out to a lot of the people locally here in Carbondale and the Roaring Fork Valley that have helped me out tremendously in the last year, including BJ Sabara, his wife Tracy, and his dog Thunderpup, the crew over at splitterchoss.com. This would not exist without BJ's help. And he's been great to come on the show a few times, so I want to give a really special thanks to him. Andrew Bisharat from Rock and Ice and his own website, Evening Sends, has been also a lot of help. All the folks from the Valley that came on the show, Jen Venon, Michael Logan, roommate Chris Parker, Jeff Jackson, some folks over at Rock and Ice, and uh, Steve Denny has also been on a few times and been a big help to the show. Hayden Kennedy and the whole Kennedy family have been a great support to the normal cast as well. And they live here in the Valley. So hopefully all you guys out there listening are lucky enough to have a community that's as solid and as fun to be around as the one we have here in Carbondale in the Roaring Fork Valley. Part of the reason I even started this thing was because I knew I could count on some of these folks to come through for me. So that's, uh, that's really all I have to say about that. I want to thank all the guests that have been on the show that have given me their time. Um, Special thanks to Kelly Cordes, who's been a great support. 
And a quick shout out to Lisa Hathaway, my friend who helped me kick this thing off and hopefully she'll be on the show again sometime soon. One other thing, new thing, exciting thing is the t-shirts are up. If you want a t-shirt, if you want some apparel, then you can go over to enormacast.com, click on the t-shirt banner in the right column and it'll take you over to the website where you can buy some t-shirts for you, your friends, your dog, your neighbors, postmen. Make up for all the crap I said about the post office by giving your post person a Enormacast t-shirt. Wouldn't that be lovely? Anyway, spread them around. It's a good way to support the Enormacast. And as you recall, another way to do that is to go to defiantbean.com and order some coffee from my friend and climber, Jeff Hollenbaugh. He will send you fresh coffee. The Enormacast will get a little bit of money and you'll get a discount as well. If you enter Enormo at checkout when buying coffee at defiantbean.com. All right, let's go ahead and finish our little trip down the river now with two masters of the traveling Jones, Brittany Griffith and Jonathan Piesinger. That'll be our intro right there. Okay. All right, so I'm talking to Brittany Griffith and Jonathan Thiesinga on a boat. We're on a boat. We're on a boat. (laughs) (laughs) On the Green River. So you'll hear some paddling, or no, rowing in the background. So I got an email from a listener who asked about international travel, who, who noticed that I do a little bit and was curious about sort of insider tips about international travel and that made me think of these guys because Brittany and Jonathan, especially Brittany, basically spends all her time packing and unpacking bags from one place to the next. And Jonathan has to work a little more, so he doesn't get to go quite as often. He does all the pre-planning though. He plans the trips. He's the man. So let's talk about from pre-planning to flight to being there, like what are sort of the essentials? Since you're the pre-planner, Jonathan, so what, when you get an idea in your head, what's next? You have to get all the research done before you leave. That's the, one of the key things I've found is to always have it all sorted out because if you just like drop in, it's like, yeah, you can do that if you're going to like Kalimnos or whatever, you can figure it out, not that big a deal. But if you're going anywhere far flung, you have to have some idea of a plan of attack, a strategy, and it always helps to have some, made some sort of local contact with somebody so that they can sort of like give you the the local lowdown as far as like how to navigate through the cities, how to get out to the backcountry, where to deal with immigration, cash, food, all that kind of stuff before you drop in. Well, yeah, because it, it, like when we went to Sicily, the big joke was that uh, we had prearranged that there would be internet at this place we were at, and then we spent the rest of the time trying to get what's his nugget to stop watching porn so we could get some bandwidth. <laughs> what was that dude's name? Luigi. Luigi. <laughs> hey, Luigi, yeah. get off the internet. So how do you make a how do you make a local contact? Uh, it's just a lot of like internet research. Like I'm not on Facebook. I don't find people on Facebook, but there's lots of different ways to find it and track it down. Mm-hmm. There's always somebody that's been there recently or you know has hiked there or something that can help you out and it's just like it's not that matter of getting like full holding your hand beta it's just like loose beta something beyond the basics you know 
But again, if you want to just go to like say use, it's not a big deal. It's no big deal. Although it is a big deal. I mean, because I, I had a problem in Seyus too. I, I was, I actually was trying to arrange it in, when I was in Jordan and I got on the internet, like the super slow internet and I managed to get my flight and I read some blog where these British guys were like, yeah, when you get to Gap, the, the easiest thing to do, and Gap's the town nearby, like the bigger town where the bus will drop you off. They said, the easiest thing to do is take a cab. Okay. So I was like, boom, I'll just, I'll just flag a cab down. But the problem was, is I showed up in the middle of the night, not middle of the night, like 10 o'clock on a Sunday night, and you can lay in the road, yeah, the sure. main road in Gap on Sunday night at 10 o'clock. Like there is nobody around. So I screwed. There was one of those pizza wagons, and I got that dude, like I said, I need a cab and blah, blah, blah. And so he calls me a cab. The guy that showed up spoke a little bit of English, and I was trying to say Le Garon camping and Seyus, and he is that didn't- right? Yeah. No, I've never heard of that word. No, it's the name <laughs> of the camping. It's like oh, Garon, where the, where the little farmhouse yeah. is yeah. and stuff. Yeah. So, but he, you know, I thought everybody would know Seyus. Plus it's the middle of the night, so I assume the cliff is like within sight of where we are, but I can't see. No, So the dude's like, wrong. he figures it out. He's like, oh yes, I know, I know. So we get in the car. I'm on the tail end of the Jordan trip, so I'm on, I'm on budget, serious budget, and I'm sitting in this car, driving down one-lane roads in the middle of nowhere, because you guys know how to get there, and I'm watching that fucking meter, just like, ting, 21, ting, 22, ting, 22 ting, 24, 25, and I've got, I've got like 52 euros of cash in my pocket. <laughs> So, and it's the middle of the night, so I'm basically watching to see if I'm gonna have to yell, stop! What's stop in French? Arrête! 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 <laughs> get out in the middle of nowhere. Plus, for all I know, he's driving. Don't roll your R's like that, man. No, it's, <laughs> it's not French Spanish. is in the back. Whatever, I, um, less push, more push, less push. A little more. So, anyway, I thought maybe too, he was driving me to the middle of nowhere, like just totally jerking me around. Oh, yeah. so but, that's, but that's the issue is you went right. with one source of data. Like one guy told you to do this and it's just like you have there's to always other factors. That's because it was it was you like were in six Jordan. Jordanian yeah, yeah. dinars a fucking no. minute to use yeah. this guy's internet. Yeah. So I was like, boom, got it. I'm just I'm just gonna drop in. I yeah. think for us It cost me fifty two euros. I just gave him all my money. What what we do <laughs> if we're if we have a flight that's gonna arrive anytime past like nine PM we always have a place to stay yep. squared away. Always, always, always. So we have like at the airport, whether, you know, we take the bus, usually a cab, um, we have a room to go to so that we can just, you know, decompress. Um, we have a place to go. Because you're jet lagged and it's uh, the, the first 48 hours in the country are the most confusing. It's the most difficult to get your bearings as far as what's going on, the speed of the language, all the intricacies of that culture so it's like you got to have a like a home base to extract yourself from the airplane to a hotel and chill out for one night and then you go right yeah you don't want to drop in at midnight and then drive four hours to the camping no or the no whatever the next the next leg of the journey is so but as far as before you go on the trip one of the key things is to be a frequent flyer <laughs> mileage person. You got to have that because that's how you get free bags on there. You get upgraded on seats, all that kind of stuff. If you're not doing that, you're blowing it. 
pick an airline and stick no, to it. No matter how much Maybe. you fly, whether it's once a year or 10 times a month, you have to have a frequent flyer airline, like the one you can go with. And ours is Delta. And uh, we get free bags every, everywhere we fly, mm-hmm. which is huge. I mean, as you know, it's like... That's like $200 a trip right there. Yeah, the, the whole racket in the last, I'd say, like four, about four years, four or five years, is the baggage. Charging like for bags. Yeah. Every time, you, it seems like every time I f- go on a flight, they're, they're a little more expensive and a little lower weight. But you can get, you don't have to fly to get the miles. Like, you can get an airline credit card and get all the miles that way. Right. You don't have to say, well, I don't fly a lot, so I'm screwed. It's like, you don't have to fly. You just have to be savvy about it and work the system rather than let the system work you. But before we get on the plane, you always print out our itineraries because a lot of times, you know, we take for granted that we can just go up to the ticket counter yeah. in any city in the United States that print they speak English. Print everything. And they'll find us on the computer. But if you have the printout, you show this person at the Nigerian airport something that is official, it's harder to, for them to say they don't know what you're talking about. you got to have copies of your copies credit of card, everything. copies of your passport, all that stuff that you stash. In case anything gets boosted, you have to have that stuff. You have to assume that no one's going to help you out, but all you need is that one piece of paper, and then you're covered. So we have printouts of everything. Nothing is digital. Yeah. Because you can lose that. As and they used you to just the- proved in China, you got your iPhone stolen in yes. China. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. The other thing, too, is a lot of people think, oh, well, I can save weight on baggage fees by having a huge carry-on that has, like, all my climbing gear in it. And that definitely does not work anymore. And... Uh, when I flew through France on the way to Switzerland recently, I had all my quick draws in my pack, in my carry-on, and they took them all from me. They said, yeah. So, like, don't, like, TSA, the rules change daily. Well, they're, so don't they're, depending they on the airport and the country. And they're, 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 well, the thing it. is, is there, there aren't rules. It's if you get a guy that's, that's got a hair up his ass about your carabiners, he'll take them. And the next time you walk right through with everything. Yeah. And, I, you know, I, I used to always check my rope, or not check my rope, I used to carry on my rope. And I've seen that with, like, internet beta, like, yeah, you know, your rope's really heavy, carry it on. And I had to recheck it in Spain because the dude wouldn't let me through. Another guy came over, was trying to tell the guy to let me through because he said he's just a climber, he's just a climber guy was like not having it so i had to run back and i was on that goddamn ryanair oh and so as soon as you get into their program dude it's fisting time because my ticket was like 48 euros and to check my rope because it was my second bag was 70 euros and i and plus i almost missed the flight i only got it because it was late so yeah you you, you definitely like ropes beaners gree grease all that stuff can get wiped if you if you should always take the wrong guy We'll usually take harness shoes and chalk bag and my carry-on. So in case something happens, like they lose a bag or something, I'm yeah. still able to Right up till the guy dips your chalk bag and rubs his gums with it to <laughs> see, see what's in there. So it's also important to always write your name on all your check bags. Like do not use just like a little like uh, name tag. Yeah, like write you your name off. on your bags. It's mm-hmm. just one more way to ensure that your bags are not going to get lost for sure. Right. Get Lost. Lost. Stolen. Procured by air quotes podcast <laughs> podcast air quotes. <laughs> okay, yes. so we're on the plane now. Um, sure, we do now. Sure, Brittany. we're on the plane now. Don't leave home without an Ambien. Ambien earplugs on the plane. That's key. I always yeah. sleep on the long haul flights. 
That's essential. Yeah. For sure. Is Even if it's in the middle drugs, of the day. Doesn't matter. Sleep. Well, I think earplugs are essential travel things anyway. Because yeah. you... you uh, foreign countries, especially thir- third world. Do we use second world? Do people actually use that? Developing. That's like Developing. Mexico. Mexico. Yeah, or Ecuador. I think Canada's second world. Yeah, <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. But... Um, <laughs> But yeah, those countries are really loud, is all I'm, I'm going to say. Ecuador is the loudest fucking country in the world. But with all the, the, the uh, taxi cab drivers beeping their horns all the time. Mm. Like all night long. Yeah. So, so yeah, what else you, you're on the plane? Gotta have the earplugs. Yeah, it's just amazing, like, the difference earplugs and ambient make. It's not even... It would be devastating to have a long-haul flight without that stuff. Yeah. For sure. Because a lot of the trips that we do, you know, they're a couple weeks... Long and we can't really afford to be jet lagged for five days. No. You know, we need to like get in and start doing stuff. So, so we, there's also a few general deal breaker rules clues that we're talking about as far as like when you're on a plane. Mm-hmm. And no matter how many people will say that they do that and it's okay, it's not. No flip-flops in the plane, <laughs> no shorts in the plane, no tank tops on the plane. You're not going to the beach. No one wants to see you walking through TSA barefoot. That's <laughs> fucking disgusting. And to have sit, sit next to somebody in shorts on a plane is disgusting. <laughs> That's not on. Or so, tank top like, when they're you accidentally rub- skins touch right, you. Put some clothes to- on. Right. You're an adult. You're not a little kid going to the beach. It's disgusting. Barefoot through TSA. Think about it. Think about it. It's like going barefoot to the bathrooms. How about when people go to the bathrooms barefoot or in their socks on the plane? On the plane. I've seen that. Oh, yeah. That's gross. Oh, yeah. Barefoot in the airplane bathroom. Just taking yeah. a dump yeah, we're, barefoot. Yeah, where turbulence has caused some dude to just fully spray it all over the freaking walls in there. Besides Ambien and earplugs, another essential for when you're having an overnight flight is uh, a hoodie. Something that can pull... Over your Cover eyes. your eyes. Or a beanie. Or a beanie. But that's essential as well. Cover your eyes. Don't want to be cold on the plane. But the hoodie exactly keeps you warm. It's always freezing at some point on the flight. You want to be able to adjust that. And you want to have all that information about your tickets, your hotel, your, your Lonely Planet guidebook. You want to have that information handy so that as soon as you get through immigration, you know where to go. Because the more you look like you know what you're doing when you get outside of customs, the less hassled you'll get, too. Because there'll be hundreds of people running up to you. If we go to... Uh, taxi, taxi, ride. Miss, miss. If we go to any of the um, Muslim countries we've been to, it's definitely like... I don't shave for like three weeks before I go. Again, it's not... It's, not, it's just so I can blend in and don't look quite as like just off the jet green guy from, <laughs> you know, Des Moines. You just walk straight ahead and play cool rather than have your guidebook out being like, oh, God. Well, you're famous for your resting face as well. I have, I have a very, very, very welcoming resting face. Like when, when Jonathan's face is just at ease, he's not particularly pissed off. He looks really mad. Yeah. To where Grouchy. people always ask him, are, are you, what's wrong, dude? Are you all right? And he's like, what? And then suddenly, like, his smile comes back. But for a minute, you're just like, dude, he's pissed. That guy's planning an accident. But I've told people that, too. Um, there's a tower up there. Is that the same one we passed? Yep. Oh. That one's cool. I've told people that too, like, where, when you're on the streets, 
Wear sunglasses. Yep. So Always. no one knows yeah. where you're looking and don't have a big stupid grin on your face. Even if you are super stoked on everything you're seeing, keep your mouth shut and look like you're on your way to do something. As the guy that's gonna maybe grab something from you is watching everyone pass, he's like, no, no, don't know where that guy's looking. It's most important. Oh wait, there's some goofy girl with you know, her, her Lonely Planet book out and she's like pointing up at the sky and like with a big dumb grin on her face. Who am I gonna rip off in that crowd? It's like, yeah. it's gonna that's be. where you get hustled at the airport. That's why you have to have beta as far as, you get through customs, you get through passport control, where do you go? You have to have that plan. If all of a sudden you come out of there, those taxi drivers, all those hustlers are right there. And it's like, you have to be like, nope, nope. And keep going right to where you need to be going to, for sure. You gotta have some beta. And that's, yeah, and you have to know right where you're going. Cause you can't fake it. No matter how nice and sweet those guys seem, it's like, they're after one thing, to hustle your money. It's never worth it. It's never been worth it. You gotta have a plan. Have a good idea, and this varies from country to country how much a cab ride is worth so that you don't get ripped off. Know that, you know, a cab from the airport to center of town is 20 bucks or is it 60 bucks? What is it? Like you can find out that information easily online so that when you go to barter with the taxi driver and they say 60 and you say no, 20. I mean, that happened to us recently in we Ukraine. Were, no, we were just in Guangzhou, China. Oh. And we were hustling yeah. to get to the airport and we had to transfer trains and this taxi guy was there and was like, hey, hey, where are you going? And, and we said, we're going to the, to the airport. And he's like, I'll, I'll take you in my cab. He's like, it takes 10 minutes less in my cab. And we're like, well, how much does the cab cost? He's like- 10 minutes less, because yeah. I have a magic cab. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, then the train. Then the, oh, train. the train. And so yeah. we're, we're like, okay, well, what's that? And he's like, it was like 400 RMB. And the, the train was like, 12. It was like, dude, no way. But we knew that. We knew going right. into the train was 12. So why would we spend 400? But guarantee there's people to be like, is 10 minutes faster? It's only 400 RMB? I'll take it without right. even thinking about right. it because they're confused about the conversion rate, all that kind of stuff. Well, the, uh, uh, on that line, like I, I've noticed too, you know, in most of those countries, for instance, if he said 400, you know, he'll settle for 50. Or yeah. less, like they yeah. go. It's not like you can knock. Like they're thinking, oh, I'll, you know, if I go down to 390, it's not worth my time. They like go sky's the limit. Yeah, you know. That's why it's important it, to know what that right. what the value is. And, but in know, terms of haggling, like and don't feel bad. Don't be like, oh, these people, you know. No. It's not like you need to be giving away free money, but no. also not ripping people up. They don't want to do it. They don't have to do it. God, here comes the shade. Oh fuck, we're gonna freeze. No, all those guys are straight hustlers. It's like. I'm I'm not giving you 400 RMB, dog. See ya. Like, right. I'm, I'll find some other sucker. Yeah. You know? There's one coming down the road with a big grin on his face. Yeah, exactly. They're like, oh, geez. Oh, so welcoming here. Next thing you know. Uh, we just went in the shed. We'll be back in a minute. <laughs> talking about oh before to bring. oh yeah the packing is pretty essential depending on you know where you're going no it's always essential when we go to these countries where you know the chance of getting sick from the food is pretty high we take a lot of our own food you know it's like camping food comfort food that you kind of want to to have a lot of places their diet's pretty 
basic. Even if the food is awesome, you eat the same thing every day, you kind of get sick of it. We'll bring like boxes of macaroni and cheese, bring a lot of bars, dried fruit, just like basic camping food, um, sauce, you know, powdered sauces. It's just supplemental food to get you through some of the... Well, no, sometimes we eat that though, like when we were in Mali, we cooked all our own food because we couldn't afford to get sick because, you know, you're sick for five days and there goes half your trip and then always have snacks and things on the plane and ready to go when you at an odd hour you're starving because you're yeah. jet lag and things are oh, yeah. stores are never like right. restaurants have really funny hours a lot sure. of places you go to yeah. and you're like it's three o'clock in the afternoon and you want a pizza and you can't find a place that's even open that serves food so it's you have you to land, be ready to you go get, you get in country again it's just like the first thing you should do when you land is eat some food on the plane before you get off so that you're like fueled up and ready to go because you're about to like do combat exactly it's it's hand to hand combat you gotta fuel up you have to have all your all your uh all your wits facilities yeah for sure yeah that's perfect faculties faculties right or facility I like having good facilities because yeah I mean I always have that feeling especially in a country I don't speak the language you step off the plane you get through customs and you're just like you know you get into karate stance yeah because you're like all right even if you're in Spain or somewhere like yeah, a yeah, first yeah. world, you're like, I got to find my way to here and here and here. And I got to read these signs and I got to get fueled up. And But it's even worse when you're in a country that, that like you said, where the, the the phalanx of taxi drivers are about to just come yeah. down on you like a, a you know, swarm. So. It's exhausting. And don't, I just, especially learned this recently, we went on a trip to Ukraine and we we didn't speak any of the language and not many people spoke English and you have to get aggressive you have to go up to complete strangers show them a picture of something in a book and try to communicate and um, yeah it's you can't you can't be shy mm-hmm. you know we would have pictures of french fries and show them that in restaurants <laughs> you have to be willing to look stupid oh yeah be laughed for sure. at and, for sure but you know it's, it's, it's worth it because you can go to these out. cool places so yeah, we kind of talked. I you know I gave my little spiel about not having a dumb look on your face. But so what kind of things could you say about acting in country in terms of uh, like you just said, Jonathan, you're going to stand out. So what do you do about that? What do you you know how are you conducting yourself? I think we've traveled in a few different Muslim countries, and it's definitely for me it's one of the, one of the most important things is you gotta be respectful of the Muslim culture. Which means that if you're a woman, you have to be covered up. Long sleeves, pants, that's for guys too. But women, typically you have to have a scarf. You have to be able to cover your head whenever you need to. That's out of respect for the Muslim culture. You can't be wearing shorts and flip-flops right. into Tank a mosque. Tops. You can't. You know, that's, just, that's completely disrespectful about their culture. And that's why you're there as a climber. Part of the reason is to experience that culture. Uh-huh. It doesn't mean to import your own culture. But what about more subtlety? Let me say this. I've been on trips where one or, or more than one of whatever group or of people I was with wasn't doing anything specifically annoying or whatever, but for whatever reason that you could just feel them sort of sticking out more or, or rubbing American. people's rubbing people wrong more and it's I've seen you guys do it like you assimilate in a way that when we were in Sicily together I, I'm decent at it but I'm not as good as you guys are and I definitely 
you know, had a tendency to kind of let you guys work when we were dealing with stuff. <laughs> not, not that I was lazy, but I'm like, well, these guys, you know, Brittany is about ready to, to, to lavish a sort of courtesy storm down upon this person while JT stands behind her with the resting face on. It's like, <laughs> it's like angry backup. And it's, it's gold, you know, like backup. I mean, when I watch you guys get the, get the, uh, the Asmax uh, rental car. <laughs> that was that was the stance you were dealing, and you stood back there like arms crossed and a mildly unpleasant look on your face, as like if you don't deal with me, that guy's gonna come exactly. up to the counter next. <laughs> so can you like, kind of elaborate take, on any of that? Any shit. <laughs> yeah. We'll start. We'll start by playing nice, and then right. that doesn't work. So it's work. a good cop, bad cop. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because it it is. It's. It's always, you know, hard to know what is going to work because places like France, being nice doesn't really get you anywhere. Right. You know, like they disrespect you the, the nicer and more pleasant you are. But then, you know, other places, if you're rude, they'll just, you're done, you know. They're not going to help you. You've just yeah. lost any chance with We've seen that getting, before, too. Getting, yeah. Fully shut down. Yep, just like, like, what? They're like, nope. Nope, see you later, nope. you know. And Go home, take a nap. Yeah. Morocco was definitely yeah. the place where they were just like, nope. And they would just like kick it. And you're like, mm-hmm. yeah. so are we still negotiating or they're just like, Talk to nope. the hand. And you're like, great. Yeah. <laughs> So. You're like, it's, how do you say resting face? And, and yeah. <laughs> that's not my fault. It's not my fault. <laughs> the worst is when we go through customs and he's got the grouchy resting face on because then he just gets pulled over right away. And I'm always like, would it kill you to smile at these people? Just once. Would it kill you? I can't stand customs. <laughs> <laughs> it's always the whole like looking at my passport, looking at me, looking at my passport. Look, I'm like, yep, it's moving along here. Oh. I've been in line for like 25 minutes waiting to get through this passport thing. It's like, doesn't help. Yep, yep. Those guys can ruin your day. What's on your passport? Is it your resting face? <laughs> no, you're smiling in your passport. But when he goes through customs, like TSA, anything, he's just. So what are you like, saying? Are, are you telling people that you should look happy when you're going? Like, that's going to make them pleasant, better? mild. Yeah, just like. Just bemused, yeah. perhaps. You don't have to have a big dumb <laughs> yeah, smile on your customs. face. No, but you don't have to look like you're planning an axe murder. <laughs> okay. So There's somewhere a... in between. <laughs> it's not Disneyland? So... Nope. Uh, yeah, it's like you're going to... Okay. Um, good movie. A good movie, yeah. A mildly amusing movie. And, and you like, the okay. smell of popcorn's already in your nostrils. Hmm. Yeah, okay. yeah. <laughs> it's... The corners of your mouth are raised just a tiny. Your lips aren't tight. And your eyes are slightly All right, that's good enough for next time. <laughs> I'm sure you've never heard this before. <laughs> All right, I have two actually pieces of beta that I want to clarify in terms of you guys, what you think. Because I've gotten hosed on the phone. So you guys all have iPhones. So is there, does a pre-plan exist? Yes. Yeah. And what do you, which one is it? Because I've called and they've... a data plan. We have AT&T and what I do... Before we leave, you can get um, you know various amounts tacked onto your plan where you can use your data, you can use text, and you can use phone. And so what, uh, we normally don't do phone because mm-hmm. if you get data or if there's you know so much Wi-Fi, you can do FaceTime. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you can text. You can get unlimited texting for like 
30 extra bucks. Right. But then if you have data and you can use your phone, you can do iMessaging, which is uses your data a little bit, but doesn't cost as much as a text. Right. That makes sense. So, but this but we, is all relevant to like a two or three week trip. Anything longer than three weeks, you're better off just buying get a, SIM a SIM card. card. Yeah, get a, get a SIM card. Get a SIM card in country. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah, if you're going to be there a month. Right. For sure. That's the way to go. Okay. Because, yeah, that, that's. I, I've gotten hosed on that because, yeah. you know, you turn your phone on for a second. Boom. To you're get your, your emails thinking, I'll just have it on for a second. And, yeah. yeah, you get home, you're just like, what happened? It was, I only got like six emails. Or Do not take your phone off of airplane mode the entire right. time you're in a phone. If, unless oh, you've set up a true, plan. Because then you can't get. Then you if can't you get have text. a data plan, it's fine, but you have to turn yeah. your email push off then. You don't want your email pushing because if some chucklehead like Kalu sends you like a 17 meg <laughs> porn photo, you're going to be like... No, you just don't click open. open. No, it still downloads that stuff. Mm-hmm. Oh. You just have to have a plan. If you're going to have your phone even on besides, you know, on airplane mode to play Scrabble by yourself, mm-hmm. then you got to have the plan. And you just got to... It's something you got to set up ahead of time. For sure. Yeah. Make sure that the and dude explains w- it to you. Yeah, and then when you get on the plane, reset your usage so yeah. that you can actually check, check your usage. Oh, right. So, like, we get uh, 50 megabytes, I think, or 100 megabytes for 30 bucks. Uh-huh. And so you can, you know, after you're in country four days, you're like, holy shit, I've used 25 megabytes. Then you ha- kind of have to back right. it down, you know, not check your Facebook or s- send so many Instagrams or... The JT Nation, though. <laughs> yeah, it's a man. They require a certain... Yeah. Uh, if you, anybody out there is not following <laughs> Jay Thiesinger, right? Yep. On uh, on Instagram, you, it's an absolute must. You're one of like seven people left in the nation, <laughs> uh, in the world. Get with the program. Me and Rihanna. All right, my other other ba- other question that's off debated, and I hear all sorts of different things is is currency. When, where, ATM how? What's the, the best way to ATM do it? in the airport. Why is that? FYI, travelers' checks. No, they don't, don't exist do that anymore. anymore. Yeah. No, <laughs> no. The, the the fact they existed at all is a, is just a mystery as to what the, function they provided. But go to the ATM and know in advance what the conversion rate is. They're not going to tell you at the ATM. You need to know that in advance so you know how much to get out. You need to alert your bank before you leave the country that you're going to that country. Otherwise, they're going to place a specific limit on it because they think someone's boosted your card. Yeah, that's a you big one. You drop into Ukraine for the first time, you try and get out $500 your ATM card, they're going to say no dice. Yeah, especially, so Eastern, especially Eastern Block. That's where all those, all those card, hack scammers actually, are. Actually, I had my card taken. And, you know, do ask for a receipt. It's something I never do in the States, but get a receipt for every transaction in ATM. Remember in Sicily, Sicily my card got no, taken. France. France. Yeah. My card got taken, and it took the money out. And I... Uh, I don't even think I had the receipt. Luckily, my bank covered it. You got to keep all your receipts so that you can then check it when you get home and make sure there wasn't anything screwy going on. Whether it's a restaurant added money to your tab or the ATM. Yeah, but what are you going to do about it then? You got to contact your bank and have them retract that. Say, listen, here's my receipt, right? And here's the charge, right? So fix it. The bank has to. We have multiple ATM cards too because they can take one. Remember what happened to Steve? They took his. It was like the middle of the night, and they took his um, only ATM card, and he had no money. So he had a bivy outside the ATM <laughs> in Gap and wait till the bank opened the open the next bivy. morning. Yeah. Open bivy yeah. in Gap. the doorway. See, he I had was no money, no that. card. No, no nothing. You can camp in that, in that 
like uh, park in the middle of town there. Be careful of Gap, I think is what we should be telling yeah, exactly. <laughs> but you. But I found out later I could have just set up a bivy, no problem. But you're allowed to bivy in that park, mm. right in the, like really? that three-way huh. little triangular one. You have right. a three-way in the park? Yeah, <laughs> with a, two French dudes. So I get accused of being pessimistic and worst-case scenario a lot, but... And Jonathan's more optimistic and freewheeling. So find somewhere in the middle. I think that's a good combo, yeah. Like I said, watching you guys work is is uh, impressive. What are you doing? Well, I don't know if we can get around this island. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, God, we might be carrying the boat. See what I'm saying? Oh, man. Can we no, go we left? We must. What do you mean? We don't see the canoe. Oh, no, to the right, JT. I, think I know, but I don't want to go to the right. I want to see the left in the sun. Well, we can't. There's no fucking water on the left. I think we can try. Oh, please, no. We'll know in a minute. Here's the pessimism and here's the optimism. <laughs> Outplay. Not worth the risk. All right, we're in the middle of a podcast. We don't need to worry about this right now. Okay. Now, um, what, what was the next? Oh, those were the two things. That was it. Phone and money. Yeah, that was for my question. I always have three hundred dollars um, in U.S. cash and like a hundred euros with me all the time too. Right. Because that currency, you can pretty much trade anywhere, like right. even on the street. But a lot of times you get gypped on the exchange. Oh, for sure. If it's a dude on the street, you're desperate. Yeah. And you're gonna, you know, you're gonna, uh, you're gonna way overpay for that empanada. <laughs> That's why you do not get. In <laughs> but you're the taxi hungry or on and the you need bus. a goddamn empanada. It might mm-hmm. cost you ten bucks. And always travel with something to write on, like a like a pencil, pen, and a piece of paper, so you can write down, like you know, clarification. Well, yeah, if you don't understand the language, which you know, well, a the lot one of times thing you don't, you can write yeah. it down. It's like yes, yes, and then you're agreed upon. Because otherwise, you we were know, talking about numbers, because numbers are universal. Yep. So yes. if he That's says why having a calculator right. is also. Either it's on your phone or just a super micro po- pocket calculator. It'll allow you to figure out the conversion rate of how much things cost in the store. Like if you're like 7.5 lira to the dollar, what the hell does that mean? For- <laughs> that was the cooler opening. Sorry. This is my last beer. I think there's- I have one more left. Yeah, because there's four in here. Yes. Cool. Sweet Mahatma. Do you need one? No, I'm good. Climbing is only part of it. We always like to try to do something on the back on the back end of the trip, whether it's you know pamper yourself in a hotel room or Turkish bath. Turkish baths. Oh god, that was good. Um, I like to bring home stuff that the country's known for. You right. know, instead of just buying a scarf that's from China when you're in Spain, because right. you know that can happen. That just seems silly. Yeah. And so find out, you know, what it is. Is it is it glass? Is it towels, soap, cheese? Well, you can't bring cheese home. Glass is a country that's famous for yeah, glass. Yeah, Czech. Czech Republic. Czech glass. Yeah, remember I got that Czech glass. Um, those beads. Look at glass. Glass. Not a glass that you drink from. Oh. But like cool shit made out of glass. Weren't you there? I don't recollect a lot of it. <laughs> she buys all kinds of stuff. You know, wooden bowls. We got mm-hmm. some cool shit in Africa. Um, the, the, like... You know the 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 fabric, you know that they made. And anyway, that's my two cents for all you girls out there. 
go with the plan for shopping. Otherwise, you just buy the same stuff you can get it. Well, again, you got to know before you go what that country is known for. Ooh, know before you go. There's more to... Exactly. <laughs> write that down. That's what I just said. Stop. Write that down. <laughs> know before you go. Because you got to be able to... Just drink the sand. You've yeah. eaten like eight tons oh, of it in the last two days. i my teeth. I've lost like an inch <laughs> off my molars. It's three days. Like an Anasazi grandmother. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, any last bits, bits of advice I think we can... Clothing is key, like what you pack. Realize that the bigger your bags, the bigger the hassle. Like mm -hmm. for me, I'd rather wear the same pair, pair of pants for five days than be burdened by these big, heavy bags. You know, traveling around with climbers is, you know, you have to take a, a bunch of gear anyway, but extra change of clothes isn't, isn't worth it. Just, uh, pack a bunch of black stuff that you can wash out easily in a you know, pot of water, hotel room sink, whatever. You can just, you can do laundry. You don't have to pack 50 pounds And I'll gloves. say this, and I, this is probably pretty basic advice, but even if you're going to the equator, bring a puffy. Yes. Like, we... Because the airplane will be cold. Right. We went to, uh, four of us went to Jordan thinking it was going to just be horrendously hot the whole time. And there was a point at which four of us were sitting there freezing in our puffies and all of us said some version of like, oh, I almost didn't pack this thing. Yeah. And it was just gold. And even in a place like that, like if you're going surfing in Hawaii, bring your puffy. Like, yeah. Because it takes up almost no space. Anyway, yeah. once you squish it down and yeah. it's like bang like for your buck. Is, yeah. yeah. Money. These nano puffs are good for that because they don't, you can wash them. But the other thing to think about when you're traveling when you're packing to go on the trip is your luggage. And typically the operation is to have mm. a handled duffel, like a black hole bag and a rolly. You gotta have the rolly and then you put the black hole or the duffel on top of the rolly and that's what you roll around. That's your setup or, you, or, or it's a, your climbing pack on top of the rolly. But you have to be able to wheel that stuff around. If you try and lug 250s, yeah. A hundred yards in the airport is going to feel like a marathon. It's going to burn you out. So yeah. you have to have some level Plus of Plus if like you're mobility. in a hurry because you you're about to miss rolling. your flight. Yeah, because you have to have one hand free yeah. at all times. So got to have that. So, and you know, and you have to think about also lugging that stuff off train platforms and into buses and where it's going to be. But That's the worst part of traveling is lugging around your luggage. It sucks. And if you're self-supported, it's just you and your partner or whatever, and you have to think about your luggage situation. And you can't have four bags and a giant carry-on. you got to, like, strip it down to the bare minimum so that you're mobile. Yeah. A lot of times people have, like, this giant carry-on along with their two other bags, and they got all this other crap, and it doesn't work that way. Well, even, even if you're pared down, like I've always noticed, it seems like part of your trip is simply finding a place to secure your luggage like yeah that's your day gonna be your day like getting to say <laughs> thailand and getting off the plane and now where how do i get to a plane place where i can leave this luggage behind so and not worry be about it because otherwise you're always where's my luggage and you yeah. you know you, you walk a little ways away from it to go to a counter and you're like keep an eye on my luggage so where's my luggage my luggage my luggage and then finally you get to where you're staying and it's like is this room secure because here's my luggage. Like, yeah. your luggage is like your kid. Yeah, you know, that it's you're, a burden. Yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah, I don't have kids. Yeah, well, I, I, figurative <laughs> speaking. And we also have speaking. one of those little small, uh, it's a pack safe. It's oh, like yeah, a, it's cool. a mesh bag. A wire mesh That thing. you can lock. 
you can put your passports and wallets and stuff in there and lock it to a bed frame, lock it to something in your hotel or room your or your car. hospital really? or wherever. Yeah. Yeah, and that way people, again, if somebody has like a pair of wire cutters, they can get into right. it. But the, it's they that, can't it's snatch that crime it. of it's opportunity. It's definitely a deterrent. Exactly. And wow. they're going to grab everything yeah. else. What's that called? It's called a pack safe. For real, pack it's safe. sweet. Yeah. They're really, they weigh yeah. nothing. They're super lightweight. Mm-hmm. And you can't get to them. We lock it like under the, you know, like under the, the bed frame or something. Yeah, or in the car, you know, right. under the. But so even if they break tire. into the car, you can't. Yeah, get it. yeah. It's just an extra, you know, five minutes they'll have to spend or a tool that you'd have to have to steal it. And, but if right. you left it you in know. your glove box, it's going to get boosted. Yeah. for sure. Right. But if all of a sudden it's underneath your front seat and it's locked, it's like they're not going to be able to grab it quickly. So something to keep in mind. That's going to be awesome. Right, you guys down. are going to meet some dude rolling through some airport. And you're going to be like, that guy is fly. Like, he knows what he's doing. And the guy's just going to be like, no, dude, I listen to the normal cast. <laughs> <laughs> this is my first time out of the country. He's going to look like George Clooney and freaking up in from, the air. from Ogden. Right. You can't, like, most... Dial missionary. <laughs> most train stations and airports normal do cast. have places you can lock your luggage up for um, mm-hmm. a fee for the, the whole day. And it's worth every penny. Oh, God. Yeah. Okay, Being what? a tourist with your goddamn no, luggage with sucks. you is the worst. Yeah. Can't do it. You can't go anywhere. That's a for sure way to get ripped off is roll around downtown with your, all your luggage. Right. You'll get you're not you'll gonna get you're not gonna pass as a local doing that that <laughs> operation. <laughs> so so I, I don't know where this fits in and maybe you could guys could say something any, anything specific about sort of third world travel if you have anything else on that. But the one thing about like third world or you know, developing world country with bus rides and all that sort of thing. I've always told people, and they scoff, but I, it's money, is that, is A, never pass up a chance to go to the bathroom. Yes. And I never agree. pass up a chance to eat something you're sure is like, Not okay. Kill you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So if it's like deep fried yes. for like the last six hours, you're like, okay, there's yeah. probably nothing left living in that. Yeah. But if you're on a bus in Ecuador or any place like that and it stops, Get off, and get off and piss because mm-hmm. it you may be six or seven hours now till mm-hmm. the next time the thing rolls to a stop. Or barf. I saw someone barf in a bowl once on the bus. I bet. <laughs> in a bowl. Barf in a bowl. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> on a train. On a bus. On a, on a bus. They had a bowl with them. Yeah. Yeah. They were smart enough to bring a bowl. <laughs> well, because they have picnics and shit on buses and trains. Yeah, because you're bringing s- yeah, you snacks. Eat, they know. Snacks. And he barfed in it. Yeah. It was a woman, actually. So she probably had a bad picnic. <laughs> Check out the little visor tower up there. Oh, that looks cool. That okay. thing's a tower, too. There's towers everywhere. That's got cracks on it because it's a buttress. That's a little Indian Creek up there. Yeah. So you were about to say something about toiletries. Oh, toiletries, yes. Because toiletries can really This is kind of go for the ladies, too. Yeah, because toiletries can really weigh you down, you know. Like um, tampons or what? No, just like... Like this little soap I get that you can wash your hair, your body, and um, your clothes with, and it just comes in a little bar. Anything, try to get everything condensed, like either in a balm or a bar. With your toiletries, you don't want to have things that have any, the, the first ingredient's water, because then you're just paying. But who says toiletries? I say toiletries. I do Guys too. don't. What yeah, do you, you say? Do. Stuff. <laughs> stuff. Your Jonathan quick draws. Travels, no, this is what Jonathan travels with. He travels with one of those 
uh, single-use electric toothbrushes that okay. have like a double-A battery in it. Right. A gigantic seven-ounce tube of Bullshit. toothpaste. <laughs> Bullshit. And a giant thing of deodorant. That's all he uses. That seems pretty good. I didn't and, need floss. No, seriously, you know what's clutch? Is flo- floss. You have to have floss because, yep. man, I'll tell you, if you get some food caught in your teeth, you're bumming. Especially like you got an infect, turkey you got or an meat. infected tooth in Oman. That was disgusting. Yeah, I remember it popped. I got an ass. Oh, so nice. Yeah, I couldn't go without floss. I'd lose my mind. Yeah. And plus, you can use floss for other things. You can like tie stuff up with it. You can mend a hole in your pants with it. Oh, and the yeah. little travel sewing kit that you get from that you steal from the hotel. Yeah. Those are key too. So what about drugs? What's in your drug kit in third world? We always have Cipro because if you get sick, you just take Cipro. Um, and we have, uh, you know, some sort of pain. How do you get your hands on this stuff? What's the beta on that? Your doctor. GP. Your doctor will give it to you. Mm-hmm. You just yeah. tell them, hey, man, I'm going to Country X. I need to have some drugs. And they'll hook you up usually. Yeah. Cool. We never end up, I mean, not right. never, but like, yeah, I mean, if you're out in the middle of nowhere and, you know, you need a painkiller, you might be a day away from a hospital. What else? Um, Ambien, Ambien, Cipro, Oxycodone, um, Advil, Aspirin. And tape, but. but we've been fortunate to never have to use our oxy. Mm-hmm. Once, unless we want to party. Sorry for partying. <laughs> sorry that last I party. day. Sorry I party. Bang! Oxycodone going Couple down. Couple of oxys and two, and two, <laughs> and two red wines in the plane. <laughs> <laughs> sorry that I party. Well, shit for a week, but. <laughs> <laughs> Next thing you know, you're walking in barefoot to the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, I think we'll uh, we'll call it a, call it a day so we can relax here for the last couple of bends. Anything else? Do your research. Get as many different points of beta as you can before you leave. Don't assume there'll be internet. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but there will always be podcasts. Yes, there will always be. Yeah. Don't forget. <laughs> Load up your iPhone full of back issues of normal cast. Exactly. That's yeah. a good, that's a totally good beta. Thanks, you guys. Thanks, Clues. All right, well, thanks a lot for listening, everybody. And if you guys have anything to add to that rambling and bumpy conversation that we just had, some of your own tips, some of your own ideas or experiences that you want to share about travel, please do. You can email me at chris at anormalcast.com. You can leave comments on the website at anormalcast.com as well. I'd love to hear and learn some more. As you can tell, I learned a lot from listening to those two on the raft. Okay, well, thanks also for a great year. Hopefully we'll do another one. I won't talk to you all again until the new year, so have some great holidays. I'd like to end this podcast, Podcast 25, by quoting listener Dave Brainerd. He wrote me an email and had this to say, which I thought was pretty special. Quote, One thing climbing does for me is teach me how to take care of myself and other people and how important that is. It drives some crazy, but I find myself checking knots of all kinds these days, real ones and otherwise. 